Welcome to the Confident Money Podcast, where we talk money, finances, and accounting for real people without all the technical jargon, patronizing, and gatekeeping. I'm your host, Caitlin Magnuson, and I'm going to be your new finance bestie. Hey, welcome back. Okay, today we are going to be talking about side hustles and job hopping to further your financial plan, your financial blueprint, which we have been talking about this whole season. So this may not apply to all of you, but it's going to apply to a lot of you. And I encourage you, like with a lot of these episodes, to listen to this now. But if you're not in a place to be able to take notes, to pause and come back to it when you're able to take some notes because I'm going to give you some of my experiences with job hopping. I'm going to give you some of my experiences with side hustling. And if either of these or both of these are something that you decide you want to do, I really encourage you to be taking notes and implementing them. So also shameless plug for my TikTok at Caitlin period Magnuson, because we talk about job hopping negotiating and career development there a lot. I don't know why I said we, it's mostly me, but I also answer a lot of questions there. So if this is a topic that you want to dive into more deeply, I really encourage you to pop over there when you have a chance. So job hopping, number one, what is job hopping? Job hopping is really exactly what it sounds like. It is hopping or changing jobs more often than has been traditionally accepted. So for example, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, we may have been looking at careers or 50 years ago, even I hate how 2020 is, you know, actually 40 years from 1980. But if we're looking back and we're taking into consideration, you know, kind of a standard duration for career gone for the most part are the days of being a career person, right? Career man, career woman, career person, where you start with a company and you are going to be there for your career until you retire, you have a pension, all these other things are taking care of you. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, for many of us, that is not a reality. So instead, what we had seen over the last 30 or 40 years is we see people changing jobs. You know, maybe they have a career change, maybe they end up in management track, maybe they, you know, take a better offer as it comes up. But we were seeing less and less people staying at companies for the duration of their career. Many of those you would have seen maybe every 5, 10, 15 years where people would change jobs. Now, when I refer to job hopping, job hopping is more frequent than those durations. So less than every five years. For example, my job hopping, I job hopped, I think the shortest time I was anywhere was eight months. And the longest that I was somewhere was about four years. And so I job hopped from the time I was 20 two until my last job, I think I was 30, but the last job that I took was 27. So between 22 and 30, I went from making $24,000 a year to just shy of six figures with no additional education. I had my bachelor's, so I wasn't taking, you know, continuing training or going for a master's or doing anything in higher education. This was strictly through internal promotions advocating for myself, negotiating new jobs, but also always being on the lookout for the next best opportunity, the next best fit. I find this to also be more common with individuals that are neurodiverse, you know, ADHD, autism, et cetera, because many of us 
the novelty, especially with ADHD individuals, the novelty of a job will wear off. For me, that's normally kind of between the six and 12 month mark when you start feeling like there's nothing new to really learn. And the jobs that kept me there the longest, actually the the last one that I was at, I was there for almost three years. I stayed there as long as I did for several reasons. One, it provided some stability for some goals that I was looking toward. And we'll chat about that in a minute. But it also provided innovation. It provided a space for me to grow, for me to be autonomous, for me to be heard. And so for me, as well as financial promotion, right? I was able to increase between profit sharing and actual base salary increases. I went up almost $20,000 in the three years that I was there. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe and join our community at confidentmoneypodcast.com where we share resources and all of the money happenings. Plus, you can send feedback and suggestions for what you'd like to see covered in future episodes. That's confidentmoneypodcast.com. Okay, back to the show. So I say this not to brag, but to let you know what is potentially available for yourself. And I know that this may not always feel realistic for everyone, but I want to challenge you that for many industries, this can absolutely be the norm. And we can chat through more about, you know, what does negotiating look like? Because you should always, always negotiate if you get a new job offer. You are also always the strongest, I believe, for negotiating when you have an existing employer. So with the exception of one time, every single time I changed jobs, I was leveraging an existing job that I had. And what I mean by that is I knew it covered my bills or I at least knew, you know, what that all looked like every month or every paycheck that came through. I knew what was expected of me and I knew I could do my job while continuing to look for other employment opportunities. And if those employment opportunities fell through, this felt like a really safe option for me because it was a known entity. So when possible, I absolutely encourage that you have that because I also think it can make you a little bit braver when you are negotiating or you are interviewing with a new potential employer because you have this fallback, right? You're not like, oh God, unemployment is running out or unemployment doesn't pay my bills or you know, you're not in a financial bind, hopefully, or you're in less of a financial bind if you're interviewing while you have an existing employment position. So with that, many many times people ask, you know, hey, what is what do you give for a reason? What does that look like? Because I think I had either five or six employers during that time span. And I was offered every single job that I made it to the interview stage for. And I think a really big part of that was knowing the value that I brought to the company. And I mean that truly. Um, having been a business owner myself during that time frame and being candid with a lot of my employers, and that may not work for everyone, but especially the last place that I was employed at, you know, they asked what what I was looking for, why I was looking there. And frankly, it was exactly what I was doing in my business. And I wanted a little bit of a break and I wanted some stability. It was really nice for me to be able to hop into this job, do something very similar to what I was doing already um, with the parameters and the settings that I had. And I also wanted to learn more. They focused a lot on workers comp and some temp staffing and really allowed me the opportunity to further my own personal experience and knowledge, which is also something that I have been able to learn via job hopping. My overall skill sets have increased dramatically because I have job hopped generally within, you know, tangential industries. So 
When I started, I was working for a company doing sales tax, taxability, and research, which we would actually go through and build custom libraries for companies. And we would determine if something should have sales tax applied to it or not. And if so, why? And give our determination. That then led into working in another sales tax industry with a large organization, and we were actually updating those rates. So not updating the determination or whether it was taxable or not, but interfacing with the state, with the local government, and with you know potentially county government to make sure that rates were up to date that that first company then used for their own libraries. And so again, related, but gave me a different point of view. And I got really, really comfortable picking up the phone and calling state organizations and finding out, you know, who was helpful, how things worked, the timing of things. And that was wonderful. And then I ended up back in a small business and loved that. That gave me the chance to apply a lot of the information I had learned, a lot of the information I already knew from working with a small business or several small businesses in the past. And during that time, I went through the process of helping that company get ready to sell and actually selling. Then transitioning with the new owners and going through that process and what onboarding looks like and starting a new team and continuing what was already there, production management, which I love. And then I went into and opened up my business then. And then with that, continued, you know, came on as a full-time employee for one of my clients while keeping my business going. And then I leveraged that role to start my last corporate role that I plan hypothetically on ever having. Each of those, when they asked me why I was looking to leave, or some of them, I'm going to say poached me, recruited me, sounds a little bit nicer, recruited me from where I was. And when they were recruiting me from where I was, they most likely knew why I was leaving. I was looking for additional opportunities, additional pay, additional growth. And when they had not recruited me and I had reached out to them, I let them know, you know, I've, I've hit my growth here. I'm interested in learning new things. And it was the truth. Yes. It came with additional pay opportunities. Yes. It came with benefits. It came with, you know, different PTO it came with working, like flexible working environment or arrangements. And that was something that I negotiated so firmly in the last corporate job that I had because I was at a spot between my business and the full-time role that I was working for that client that had brought me on. I didn't need to change jobs. I loved what I was doing, but I was looking for the right situation to be able to reconfigure some of the things in my business to be able to take a little bit of a breather because I was still mostly a one-person show at that point, but mostly to learn. And because of that, I I negotiated like crazy and I was really happy with it. Um, I ended up coming on. I was the only employee that negotiated to work 100% remotely. This was pre-pandemic and this organization did not allow that as a whole. This branch had allowed one employee to do it a couple of times when they were doing something personally. I negotiated for it full time. I was very clear. I would be in there for two weeks. I would train. And as soon as I felt comfortable, I would be remote. And I was able to negotiate for additional PTO. They were not flexible on negotiating a starting rate. Um, I had already negotiated a higher starting rate than I had been at prior, but vacation time, 
fully flexible and remote working environment and a lot of autonomy, which is what this company had to begin with, which is part of what had drawn me there. And frankly, a fantastic manager. So with all of that, that gave me exactly what I wanted. It gave me a pay bump. It gave me stability. It gave me flexibility to work from home. It gave me the ability to continue to run my own business and to work from anywhere in the world that I wanted. And I did. I went to Columbia twice during that time. I went to Iceland a couple of times. I went to Mexico, Spain, and I worked. And that may not be everyone's goal, but at the time I was sort of stretching my legs, figuring out how I wanted to be doing all of this. What did my business look like? What made me excited in my business and in my corporate job? And it just gave me the breathing room until it didn't. And about the last six months that I was there, I started to become a little bit bored. I was able to negotiate a $10,000 pay increase that came with additional responsibilities. And it was no longer an ideal fit. And I want you all, if you take nothing else away from this, I want you to understand, and this is actually how I look at my existing company currently and our team members. I don't expect any of them to be here for their entire career. If they happen to be because they are able to have the growth opportunities that they're looking for, they are able to have the pay, the work environment, the benefits, and that looks different for everyone, right? So what we can offer as a company may change and evolve over the years, but I have no ill will against any of our team members if they are here for two years, for four years, for 10 years. There is not an expectation from me that they are going to make this their career company. May they? Absolutely. And I want you to understand that for the majority of you with your employers, they will let you go when it is no longer beneficial for them to have you there. And we've all experienced that. I think a lot of us sometimes can have some misplaced loyalty. My team members owe us as a company the time and the energy and the efforts that we pay for during the time they are working with us. They do not owe us the next 10 years. They do not owe us future projects. You know, I expect that they work here until it's no longer mutually beneficial. And that goes both ways. Changing jobs, changing employees, changing team members is never an easy thing in my opinion. It's not something to be taken lightly, but it is absolutely something that we need to be talking about more often because I can decide as we're looking at our company growth, that our company needs something different. And that may be in exchange for something that we have currently that may be in addition to just like an employee or a team member can do the same thing. Maybe they've capped out. Maybe they have additional personal financial goals. Maybe they need different work environment. Maybe they're really struggling working remotely and they need a company that they can go into the office for. It happens. I don't see it a lot because of the circles that I run in, but that doesn't mean that it's not something that people desire. So we are using companies that we work for, employers that we work for in the best way possible, just as many of them are using us. We're looking for a job for a career, for an engagement that hopefully stimulates us mentally, that we feel psychologically safe at, 
that offers pay, that offers benefits, that offers a working environment that works best for us. And I encourage you to continue to look until you find that place. And then when you find that place, cool, maybe we hang out for a little bit. But that doesn't mean that you have to stop looking. That doesn't mean that you can't still be open to recruitment. That doesn't mean that you just give up because you found that thing for now. So there's nothing wrong with job hopping. There is nothing wrong with utilizing your network, your skills, your resources. And frankly, I think you should always be open to recruitment. If you have a LinkedIn profile and you are interested in new opportunities, why not? That doesn't hurt anything. And something that I have had several individuals ask, especially on TikTok, well, you know, my current employer hasn't given me a raise in three years, five years, whatever. Like it's atrocious employers. We need to be doing better, but they haven't given them raises. And they say, you know, Hey, I want to go advocate for myself. I want to go negotiate for a raise. I want to go do this thing. Or they've told me, no, I'm looking for another position. What should I do when I get one? And a lot of them or some, some standard advice that will come out is cool. You're going to, you work at company a, right? You get a job offer from company B that's more attractive than company A. But many of us don't like change. We want to maybe stay where we are. Maybe it's mildly more convenient. So the thought is you take your offer from company B and you say, hey, company A, I got this offer. This is what they're willing to do for me. Are you able to match this to keep me? That might work for some of you. I can't recommend enough that you don't do that. Because if you have advocated for yourself for a raise, if you've negotiated and your company has turned you down or fallen dramatically below where market rate is for your skills, bringing them this offer may get you what you need, may get you what you're looking for. But if they weren't willing or able to recognize you and the value that you bring at that point in time, Do we really think that it's going to be the best long-term working environment for yourself? Additionally, you are generally the most valuable or have the most negotiating power when you are getting ready to come on with a new company. Advocate, negotiate, ask for everything plus 10% that you want. Companies expect you to negotiate. Chat with them. Bring everything to the table. Hey, I want this, 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 and this. And there are some really great negotiating scripts that you can find on TikTok that we'll be talking about. If you're listening to this again and you want more information, make sure you're following us on Instagram because we're going to have a really couple of cool group offerings that are coming out where we're going to be diving really deeply into actual negotiating scripts and how to handle that and providing some support and some resources. But I want you to understand that you should be using job hopping to leverage what you want, whether it's pay, work environment, benefits, title, all of these things can be negotiable. You just need to prioritize what you want in your life and then go for it and find companies that also value that. Some companies may be much more willing to give you three weeks of additional PTO than another $10,000. If that's what matters to you, cool, go for it. If that changes and you need more pay, cool, go for it. 
like there's something for everyone out there. And I firmly believe that. Now we're going to chat briefly about side hustles because the whole point of this is we're looking to best meet our financial and lifestyle goals. So if you're a business owner, if you're in corporate, I've popped back and forth between being in corporate and being out of corporate. I've learned so much. I have so many skills that came from that and I really, really value it, but it is very difficult for me to work in a lot of corporate environments. I I struggle with the amount of connection, conversation, in-person touch points that are required. That's really exhausting for me. And it, it was never quite a great fit because I can do it. I can play the extrovert. I can be sociable. I can love the people that I'm working with and I can still come home and have absolutely no battery left. So for me, working remotely at that last position was a non-negotiable because I needed to have energy at the end of the day for myself, for my family, and to enjoy myself because I don't live to work. I work to do good in the world and I work to be able to provide for myself and my family and to do the things that I love doing. And that looks like having energy for myself at the end of the day. So you can look at job hopping. If you've been a business owner and you maybe want to take a break or you want to do what I did, you want to reconfigure your business. You want to have a little bit of breathing room. There's nothing wrong with going back into corporate if you want to. And there's nothing wrong with job hopping if you're already in corporate. So the other option is a side hustle. And I feel like this is if you're a millennial, this is, this is just the thing, right? Everyone has a side hustle. Everyone turns their hobby into a business. And I don't know if I love it or hate it. I feel like it really depends on the day and how I'm feeling, but it can be a really great way to make money because like we've talked about, I'm a firm believer that for most of us making an additional thousand dollars a month is going to be a lot easier than saving an additional thousand dollars a month in expenses in our budget, right? So that's where side hustles come in. Can you be doing something that is a complementary skill set to what you do in your corporate gig? Can you do something that you love? Is it a creative outlet for you? Is it something that you're selling on Etsy? Is it, you know, are you able to do copywriting? Are you able, you know, maybe you worked in marketing, maybe you were an office manager and you want to offer some VA or online business manager OBM skills to clients and test the waters. All of these are things that you could be doing outside of standard work hours, evenings, weekends, uh, to be able to meet some financial goals. Do I recommend doing these year round for the next 20 years? No, I think that's exhausting, but I think that you can be doing this and deciding, you know, maybe you're, you don't know if you want to be a business owner full time. You're not sure you want to make the jump. This is a really nice way for you to be able to dip your toe in that, make some extra money, pay off some debt put more in savings, you know, any of those financial goals that we've talked about to make your financial blueprint, your financial path forward. These are two really great ways to be able to bring in additional money and, or provide additional flexible working environments. For example, if you're able to work remotely for a lot of us, that saves maybe an hour plus each way in a commute. What could you be doing with two hours more a day? Could you be sleeping better? Could you be starting a business? Could you be taking care of yourself? You know, maybe making time for a workout. Could you be doing some combination of those? Probably. So you can get a lot of your time back and potentially also be more efficient. I know that when I was in the office, I got a lot less work done 
in the same amount of time frame that I, uh, that I could get work done at home and my laundry could be done and I could be home with the dogs and, you know, I could have the dishes going or food on. There was just so much more that I was able to have in my life in a less stressful manner. And so for me, that was a really great working environment. And I was still able to fulfill my commitment to my employer. So this doesn't have to be, oh, I'm working on company time doing my own business. Are you getting everything done? Are you doing your deliverables? Cool. Use the extra time that you have to do something for yourself, whether that's a side hustle, whether that's prioritizing movement, whether that's going for a walk with your dog or laying on the floor and taking a doom nap, whatever you need to do, that time is yours. So you just need to be identifying what is most important to yourself and then taking actions to make that come true and to see that come to fruition. If you love this episode, make sure to leave a five-star review for a chance to win a free financial strategy session with yours truly, Caitlin Magnuson. We do the drawing the first week of every month and to be eligible, you'll want to leave a five-star review and include your IG handle so we can contact the winner. I'll see you next time where we'll chat real finances for real people.